I'm here this week with Jessie Zabarski, a friend of mine. Uh, she's a cartoonist. She lives in Chicago with me. Uh, Jessie, say hi. Hello. Uh, so Jessie is uh, one of my go-to people to talk about food with because she does a lot of comics about food. Also, what are some of the comics you've done that are about food? Um, let's see here. I think the main ones were I did two uh, little volumes of um, I Want to Eat Everything. Which is like such a good title. I feel that all the time. <laughs> Which, uh, that was like a mix of mostly recipe comics and also some like little dumb stories. And then I did a mini about stupid things that I like to eat, like whole cans of olives and butter and sugar mixed together. Mm -hmm. And like a whole bag of shredded cheese. Yep. <laughs> Just right out the bag. <laughs> I've, I've done that too. <laughs> Okay, yeah, and uh, Jesse's also been in both of the zines that I've put out that are food-related, a uh, food zine and comfort food zine, which I know I've mentioned on the podcast before. Uh, so if you wanted to pick those up at the links in the description, you can find more of her comics there. What did you eat this week, Jesse? Um, let's see here. No, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple weeks ago we went apple picking, yep, so and I had never been before ever <laughs> in my life. And we had talked about doing it the year before, and it was like in like October when all the apples were gone. So like everyone, that, every place that you tried calling, I think was like, "What are you doing? Yep. <laughs> it's too late." <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I did make a bunch of applesauce from that, and I've been eating that. Um, yeah, I also made some applesauce. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Just ate a lot of apples straight up, and that was good. I finally found apple cider donuts at a store, and I've been eating those. Oh, nice been very good also. Also, I found apple cider. I've just, it's been apple week. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you had been asking if any of us had seen apple yeah, cider, like, like cheap apple cider at the grocery store, and I was like, I like completely drew a blank. I was like, I, I know I have, but but where? <laughs> yeah, I finally found some at um, a Mar Mariano's, which I had never been to oh, before. Oh, I love Mariano's. Um, yeah, I like it pretty well. But... They have really like affordable, cheap cheese like dairy products oh. they're like dairy products for some reason are like way cheaper than any other store nice. so i'll just go there and stock up on yogurt and cheese and then leave <laughs> yeah the the apple cider that i got there isn't quite as good as the half gallon that i got in toledo so i still prefer ohio apple cider but i'll take what i can get without driving six hours yeah, i was gonna say like you could definitely find some at whole foods but it's gonna be like 12 dollars you yeah, know no, I'm yeah not, i'm uh, like three dollars top for apple cider yeah i think um <laughs> trader joe's i went to trader joe's like last week or the week before and they have like everything pumpkin and everything apple right now and like trader joe's is so cheap too that i'm sure if you went there you'd be able to find something you don't have to go yeah. after work sometime it's Trader Joe's is so good. I got these, uh, they're like these little potato crisps that are like shaped like bats and, and ghosts. <laughs> and they're like the texture of like Pringles, so they're not like amazing, but they're like weirdly addictive. Like they're like just salty enough, because like they're, they're like that wafery kind of like... I kind of like a potato Pringle, powder. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> potato powder. They're, they're better than Pringles in my opinion. I'm not a big Pringles fan, but... Uh, the fact that they're shaped like bats and ghosts is really That's cute. That's pretty good, yeah. yeah. It's really cute. I'm gonna get some of those. Yep. Yeah, and like some of the bats get cut off center, so they look like they just look like 
crying ghost in the shape of a bat because like the part that's supposed to be cut out at the bottom for like their little feet is actually like looks like a humongous mouth in the middle. <laughs> really good. Nice. So um, what did I eat this week? Uh, lots of macaroni and cheese. Uh, an obscene amount of macaroni and cheese. I continued my streak of just eating a lot of soup, which is what I do as soon as it starts getting cold. Yep. I'm just like, just liquid, just yeah. hot liquid, you please. In, you inspire me to make more soups. I have potatoes to make potato soup, and I never actually got around to it, so I should probably do that soon. Um, Honestly, potato soup. my favorite potato soup that I've made was with really really old potatoes when they get like kind of soft <laughs> like it worked really really well for potatoes a soup. nice aged potato yeah, like where it would be like this is disgusting to eat just normal but like in the soup it's like the perfect texture so awesome. like you're doing it right yeah i am I'm, i did it intentionally and like, that, that's what i meant to do of course oh god i love potato soup Shoot, there's this soup that my mom makes that's like a knockoff of a soup from Olive Garden. It's a chicken gnocchi soup. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like a cream base with a little gnocchi. Gnocchi? <laughs> Someone will correct me, I'm sure. Gnocchi. Uh, yeah, gnocchi. Uh, our friend Eric Coopley, I was talking to him about gnocchi recently, and he pronounced it like a way that I've literally never heard pronounced before. <laughs> And he was like, well, he's like, he's like, my family's Italian, so like, I think that's how it's pronounced. And no. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I would not trust Eric Coopley with any sort of pronunciation. He's the reason why I cannot say an apple anymore. I have to say a apple because that now feels right to me and it's his fault. <laughs> I'm going to have an apple. <laughs> like, Aww. I was really nervous about it when I started dating Chris because I was like, I know I have these things in my speech that I don't, I'm not aware of anymore that make you just sound like an idiot. Um, I mean, <laughs> the same. So many stupid things I've picked up saying because of him. Oh, what's your favorite soup recipes? Um, my favorite soup, I think, is the one that I just made this week, which is uh, cream of zucchini and artichoke. And I, uh, I had it the first time at like a cafe in Cleveland called The Root Cafe, which is very good. I recommend it. Um, and they, I got the soup because it sounded real good, and it was, and I've been trying to make it exactly how they did since, and I can't quite get it right, but I can get pretty close. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and then you can get, like, just have tons of it. Too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do just the one serving of yeah, the soup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, soups are so good. I think tomato is probably still my go-to favorite, especially like a, um, I like a creamy tomato bisque, mm -hmm. but I also really like a fire-roasted red pepper tomato, which is hilarious because... You know that I do not like red pepper, but I love a fire-roasted red See, pepper tomato like, soup for some reason. I used to, like, my whole childhood, I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, I know you but, like, I did not like tomato soup. And, like, maybe when I was 19 or so, I, like, properly had, like, a good tomato soup for the first time. And I was just like, well, dang! <laughs> this is this is my future now, I guess. And yeah. that, since then, I have not met a tomato soup that I didn't like. I'm pretty sure... I've always liked it because it was like by default. If you're gonna have tomato soup, you have to have a grilled cheese with it in my mm. house. So it's like it wasn't so much the tomato soup; it was the fact that I got to have grilled cheese, <laughs> and I was just like that positive association is like, oh, I don't actually care about this tomato soup, but I get to have grilled cheese when I have this tomato soup, so I'm gonna eat this tomato soup. I think my parents probably indulged my pickiness a little bit too much sometimes, like, and I was picky in very weird ways where like I would eat pretty much any vegetable, but like 
didn't want to eat the tomato soup and they just give me the grilled cheese and be fine with it. I mean, um, you were probably eating so many other vegetables and yeah, they're like, yeah, this is the one thing. We won't die on this hill. Yeah. <laughs> we'll exactly. let her have this. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what was your, like, your favorite, um, like, vegetables to eat when you were a kid? Broccoli. Uh, I, Tiny trees. I, yeah. Um, also, carrots because I have a thing with bunnies. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I have a very distinct memory of being into kindergarten and, you know, they have you fill out like little about me sheets like what's your favorite color and what's Mm -hmm. your favorite animal and what's your favorite food and me as like a little six-year-old I'm like white rice and broccoli (laughs) everybody else is like pizza (laughs) oh man rice is so good though it's pretty good pretty good yeah pretty pretty dang good what's a vegetable that you did not like as a kid but you really like now aside from tomato soup brussels sprouts oh Um, man we're pretty much my only one, I think, um, because I only ever had them like steamed, mm-hmm. which is which I think is most people's. Yeah, uh, if you think you hate Brussels sprouts, you probably don't. You've just only had bad ones. Yeah, I feel like that um, way about most vegetables is any vegetable that I think I actually hate, I actually would love yeah. if I had actually had it prepared yeah. well. And then what turned me over was um, there's another cartoonist whose name I will probably mispronounce, um, Leia. I can't remember her last name. Leia Worthington? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, she has a blog that I'm not sure if she updates anymore, but she had a Brussels sprouts recipe on there. And I was like, well, dang, I don't like Brussels sprouts, but this sounds super good. And it was. And it was like, oh, well, I guess I like this now because they're like sauteed oh, and man. with like lemon and Parmesan cheese and just... Yeah. They get, like, crispy and tender and beautiful. I, mean, I think Brussels sprouts are kind of one of those trendy foods right now. Like, not as trendy as avocado, by any means. They're definitely, like... They're, <laughs> they're getting, on the rise. They're on the... Yeah, <laughs> Brussels sprouts are on the rise. Like, mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was Christmas last year, I made Brussels sprouts for my family um, when I went home to North Carolina. And my dad was like, I, you can make them, but I'm probably not going to eat them because I don't like Brussels sprouts. And my mom was, like, you know, grateful for any help cooking the meal. So she's like, sure, yeah, you can make those. And I made them, and my my parents ate them, and my dad was like, "I'll I'll have more of them." And I was like, "I did it, I did it." I'm pretty sure they they were roasted with um, red onion, maybe and bacon. I don't remember what I did. I'm, a lot of the times, my go-to is like Brussels sprouts, bacon or no bacon, depending on who I'm eating it with. Like you know, uh, red onion, which gets really sweet in the oven when you're roasting it, and I don't really like red onion at all, mm-hmm. but. It's like way too spicy for me. Yeah, I like the spiciness. Yeah, that's I... that's an acceptable onion to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't like onions. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, so like a red onion, but it gets really sweet in the oven, and it's it's good because it kind of keeps that spiciness just a little bit. Whereas like another onion would get way too sweet, you know. Um, and then with like, so it's really good with like fruit. And it, I feel like Brussels sprouts were really good with dried fruit, like dried mm-hmm. cranberries and raisins and stuff like that too, or apple. I think I'd done it with apple before, mm. um, but I think uh, one of my favorite Brussels sprout recipes is one of the ones that you made was like a Brussels sprout salad where you don't mm. even cook the Brussels sprouts, it's just like raw Brussels sprouts. So like someone who doesn't like Brussels sprouts is like, why would you do that? <laughs> but, but it's then, so crunchy and it's fresh. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, it's like just like lettuce, basically. It, it mm-hmm. tastes like a really... like a cabbage kind of More thing. like a cabbage, yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, it's like not as bitter as yeah. lettuce. It's like a lot more earthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real good. And that one is a recipe that I stole from, um, there's a hot dog place in Chicago, which was one of the first places that I I ate here with a bunch of people, and I just, I didn't get a hot dog, I got the Brussels sprout salad, and I was like, oh, this 
We're good. Good. I feel like you this out away. A bun, just like just <laughs> yeah, salad yeah. and bun. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a lot about vegetables, mm-hmm. and I know that you love to garden. Mm-hmm. What did you grow this year? Um. Let's see here. I've, I'm. I had like my summer phase, and I'm transitioning from my summer phase into my fall phase, mm-hmm. um, which I don't usually do. But this this time, I really wanted to grow potatoes, and I didn't get them started until real, really late. But um, potatoes have two times a year that you can yeah, do them, right? so I'm doing them the second time. Gotcha. Um, because I couldn't find seed potatoes like anywhere for some reason. Uh, let's see here. I had tomatoes, cucumbers. Tried for soybeans, but my bunny neighbors kept eating them. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of bunnies in our neighborhoods in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago's a lot of bunnies. <laughs> yep. Um, some zucchinis. I had some of those zucchinis. Mm-hmm. They were very productive for a while, and then they suddenly just were like, we're done! And <laughs> melted, basically. <laughs> um, and I think that was it for the summer, and now I'm doing... Um, Peas and peas, peas. turnips nice. and carrots and the last of the tomatoes and potatoes, which the potatoes I uh, was like, I can't find potato seed potatoes anywhere in Chicago, apparently. That and cider. <laughs> and <laughs> two things. My two things. Um, so I was just like, I'm just going to buy regular potatoes from the grocery store and just like leave them out and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And like... Uh, one out of three of them sprouted, and I put them in the ground, and it's working. So oh, awesome. hopefully, I get some potatoes. It's like out when of that. when you get those potatoes and you put them in your cabinet and forget about yeah. them. Yeah, they, no, they I, grow I legs. did that on purpose. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, they look nightmarish. Yep. But... <laughs> yep. To me, they look like future potatoes that I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, did you have a lot of success with tomatoes? Because I tried growing tomatoes not last summer, but the summer before. But although you have an outside gardening space, mm-hmm. because your place has like a, a tiny little yard, so you do yeah. most of that stuff outside, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that probably that probably helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tomatoes are definitely kind of picky, and like they, I've definitely had more success just putting them directly in the ground than growing them in a pot. But like, I definitely the the even the ones that I put in the ground, they're like not the happiest. I'm not the best tomato grower out mm-hmm. there. Um, uh, they get a little spindly. <laughs> um, tomatoes but, like, are hard. Honestly, I get the amount of tomatoes out of it that I I want. I could get more if I was better at it, but like, so you what would I do tomatoes. with tomatoes? Yeah. yeah, what would you do with all those tomatoes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I worked at this preschool um, a couple summers ago, uh, and there was like a garden there that we were, they were growing basil and tomatoes in, and like every year towards the end of the season they would pick all the basil and turn it into pesto and like mm-hmm. use it as like a fundraiser thing. And I would take like if the tomatoes like were literally just gonna go bad because they were like so ripe that like the the lady I was working for would just like hand me a bunch of them and be like here these are yours now, <laughs> and I would take them home and I would put them I would just slice them and put them on white bread with mayo and a little bit of salt and pepper and that was like the best. Oh, I love a tomato sandwich. I know people who don't like tomatoes are probably, like, gagging right now. <laughs> Man, it's I love the mayo. I'm it's... just like, that's a way to ruin a perfectly good tomato. <laughs> no, the mayo, mayo and tomato are, like, made for each other. Uh, I was having a conversation about mayo this morning, actually. Um, I saw that. Yeah, Twitter. about Mexican street corn. Because I was, I have these two friends on, on Twitter who were talking about, like, they were watching someone make corn and they slathered mayo on it and they were horrified and I was like no it's Mexican street corn and it's delicious and I will die on this hill (laughs) 
God, mayo though. I love mayo. <laughs> it's kind of in the same camp as like sour cream for me. Like where it's it's not like like I don't really even like sour cream that much. See, and I really like sour cream, and I cannot explain to you why I like one and not the other because I keep saying that mayo for me it's like the gloopiness of it. It is it's, very gloopy. It's exactly the same as the gloopiness of sour cream. Well, sour it? cream's a little lighter, I think. <laughs> like a little closer to whipped cream, but like mayo for me is like it's like it's like a butter replacement, but also like a cream replacement. So like in something like Mexican street corn, it's like instead of using butter, or maybe you use butter too. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> telling you how to make your Mexican street corn, but like you put mayo on the outside of the, the corn so that everything else will stick to it because butter would just like melt, right? So you need something with like a little bit of like a gloopiness, I guess, so things mm. will stick to it. And then you put like chili powder and your 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 crumbled cheese. Like some people use feta, and it's like really good. But then also, like, you can put it in things like tomato pie, where it just becomes, like, a, a, a cream substitute, I guess. Because it's, like, it's like what, egg and oil? That's all ma mayonnaise Pretty is? Much, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm saying it's, like, cream, but, you know, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a creamy-ish thing. Creamy-ish thing, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it makes things creamier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and then we were talking also about pimento cheese, which they were on board for, because it's 85% shredded cheddar and just mayonnaise, keeping it all together in a gloopy paste, and it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your most successful uh, gardening thing, now that I've gone off and talked about mayonnaise for five minutes? <laughs> um, like, this year, or just, like, in general? In general, like, what have you had, like, the most success with, like, if someone was like, oh man, I kind of want to pick up gardening, like, what would you say is, like, a good starter mm. you've had a lot of success with? Well... Um, I would go full plant mom mode and be like, okay, well, what are your, you know, your, your light, you know, what's your natural light amount and like, what's your soil like and what amount of space and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because it's different for each one of those. Mm -hmm. But like, um, if you have like, you know, a reasonable amount of space, like, you know, a couple square feet and like a reasonable amount of light, I would probably say go with like just a couple of zucchini plants. I was gonna say zucchini um, seems people who who grow zucchini seem to have like an abundance of zucchini. Yeah. Like there's a few things that like will really stress out a zucchini plant and it, it just won't do anything. Mm -hmm. But it, it's mainly like if it's your soil is just like really terrible or like it's a drought. Mm -hmm. Otherwise your zucchini will probably like give you at least several zucchini and you know it will be a rewarding experience for the like you know three dollars that you spend on two zucchini plants uh -huh, yeah so. yeah <laughs> that's the thing is like i i see basil plants for sale at like grocery stores and they're like three dollars or something or like maybe a little more than that but it's still like well if i actually bought the same amount of basil it would be way more than this so it's like just buying the plant is yeah, cheaper exactly. in a lot of situations yep <laughs> Yeah, with, with herbs, I'm just like, except if it's it's rosemary, because rosemary is really hard to grow and keep alive, mm -hmm. but like, generally, I'm like, I'll just get a plant, and then I'll have more of it yeah. in the future. And if you kill it, then you'll have that guilt of the plant's life hanging <laughs> over you. But also, you got a bunch of the herb out of it, too. Mm -hmm. The one tomato plant I bought, like, a couple summers ago that I killed... I just still got a couple of really good tomatoes out of it, but they were like tomatoes that were like already on there when I bought it. But I was like, eh. yeah. I got a couple of tomatoes out of it. Mm -hmm. So what do you? What have you like tried to grow and had like no success with? Um, let's see here. Rosemary is a big one. They always die. Um, cilantro. 
I keep trying to grow sweet potatoes and the biggest sweet potato I've ever gotten out of it was like maybe like the size of my index finger because <laughs> um, I still ate them but um, they were not very large it's just sweet potatoes have a very very long growing season and the Midwest is not kind to them spinach I keep trying to grow spinach because I love spinach so much and it's so and expensive it's, yeah it's just it's generally a little pricey and it's like any sort of like more common leafy green like just like any kind of lettuce or spinach I have a really hard time with because they're just like they're very very picky and they get bitter or just die very uh -huh. easily if someone wants to grow spinach and they're also having a hard time I recommend just growing chard instead because it's much easier and it's basically spinach but better <laughs> better for you um I'm not it's sure it is one way one or another. Too. It's probably about the same. They taste um, very similar too. I did read something a while ago that I'm I'm not sure is true or not, but I've been careful about it since that the the stems on them you shouldn't eat too many of because they contain a lot of heavy metals and gotcha. that can build up and cause some problems. But um, probably the same with like people who eat a lot of fish and like. Yeah. mercury and fish so it's yeah. like don't eat this every meal yeah. it, it's like you'll be fine if you eat a little bit of charred stem once a week but mm -hmm. like maybe not every day for every meal <laughs> yeah yeah i've gotten charred in, in a blue apron before and they specifically are like cut the stems out so yeah. that, that i think it's mostly why. because they're a little hard mm -hmm. but um like especially with the rainbow chart i'm like pretty I want to leave it in there and, <laughs> it and consume it and have the prettiness inside of me <laughs> so uh I know that a while back you had planted an avocado pit and mm -hmm. how's that going um it's it's been so, through some rough times lately um it got an infestation of some sort of oh, small no. bug oh yeah and um I'm not sure if I ever really figured out what exactly they were and I didn't want to like go and buy something to get rid of them when I wasn't sure that it would do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm I pretty much just quarantined the poor avocado plant in my hallway. It's like it's still getting light and everything, but it's down to one leaf. <laughs> oh no! It looked so good last time. I, I know. I know. So I'm hoping it'll recover. Oh, um, no. I think the bugs left because there's nothing there to eat anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, I'm keeping an eye on it. I haven't been home since yesterday afternoon. I'm hoping that when I go home, it's not like no leaves. <laughs> oh, I was so rooting for that avocado yeah. plant. Yeah. So hopefully, it will pull through. Mm -hmm. If it, if it doesn't, avocado. I will buy another avocado and plant it again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, they're making really cute trees too. Yeah. Like just in terms of like a like a, a house plant, it's very yeah. pretty. Yeah, because I very much just want like. To have a botanical garden in my home mm -hmm. and uh unfortunately a lot of like larger leafy like tree-like plants are poisonous to cats yep and so i can't get them because henry will bite them and die yeah <laughs> i've been very lucky uh sophie only really chews on spider plants which are okay for cats like she's looked at other plants but i've like been able to like stop her or trim them down before she gets super into them you know uh, but spider plants are really the only one that I've seen her, like, go to town on. Mm -hmm. And for the other ones that are definitely poisonous for cats, like, I either try to keep them out of the way, but for the most part, she just doesn't seem interested in them, because maybe she's just remarkably smart. She might be. <laughs> Henry is a bit dumber. I she once tried to eat a thumbtack, so... <laughs> I love Henry. Aww. My poor dear. 
Oh yeah, I just got a new cat that you met a little bit ago, um, and I haven't been able to gauge whether she will eat other plants or not, um, so we'll see, because <laughs> that might be unfortunate. I guess I could just bring all the ones that I can't keep here to work and make work beautiful instead. <laughs> beautiful, full of plants. Mm-hmm. Do you have a weekly obsession? Like, is there something oh. that you've been, like, either, like, obsessing over eating or something that you've been eating obsessively? <laughs> um, lately, like, as soon as the weather started turning, I've just been like, oh my god, fall food. Yep. Like, talking about, like, the soups and the stews, but also I really want to make more, like, pocket pies and, like, yes. pasties and stuff. I'm super obsessed with the idea of making pocket pies mm-hmm. lately. Yeah. Like... I've been putting it off because I haven't had the time to like make the dough and everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's like kind of like, you know, a several hours kind of investment thing, mm-hmm. but like I made um uh pasties for the first time last year and it was like rutabaga, which I didn't know that I liked, and like turnip and carrot and potato and ground pork and like seasonings awesome. and stuff and it was like like, a bunch of that stuff I didn't know that I liked as much as I apparently do, and uh-huh. especially when it's all mixed together in a little hot pie that you can hold, and it's just like, oh. oh. Yeah, I want to make a butternut squash one. Mm-hmm. I really like butternut squash, so I really, yeah. like, really want to do, like, caramelized onion and butternut squash. I feel like that would be really, really good. I, I also grew a bunch of sage this year, and oh, I nice. want to do, like, like, a chicken and sage or, I like, a pumpkin sage. and sage. I used to make um, pumpkin and sage sounds awesome. I used to make pumpkin and sage ravioli every oh, year, like yeah. just like make a ton of them and freeze them. And then my pasta machine broke, and I haven't fixed it. <laughs> it's been on my to do list for like two years. And as soon as I do, I will just make a bajillion pumpkin and sage raviolis and make everybody try them. Now, when you make these, does the noodle itself have any of that stuff in it, or no, it's just, just a regular pasta noodle? Uh, okay. I think I've done it sometimes when I just like chop up sage real fine and mix it into the dough, but for mm. the most part it's like it's nice to just have this really flavorful inner yeah. bit and like just the plain noodle. Yeah. And I I tend to make the the noodle a little thinner than probably recommended, so it's like very delicate. Mm-hmm. And do you have like a specific sauce that you serve that with? Butter? <laughs> <laughs> you heard of uh, butter? <laughs> I was thinking yeah. the same thing though, like, or you could do like sage infused butter. It might be yeah. really easy to do. Like yeah. honestly, the ravioli themselves are like, again, such a time investment that I'm like, okay, this has been my whole afternoon. Yep. I'm just gonna cook these and inhale them as fast as I possibly can. Yes. No extra effort. I think I think butter in the sauce is perfectly yeah. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like all you really need is just like something to get them to not stick to each other. Like yeah. any extra flavor isn't really needed. Do you ever like pan fry them like a pierogi? I haven't yet, but I am super also into pierogies, and I, I haven't made pierogi. those in a long time because my pasta machine is broken. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get that pasta machine. I know. Fixed. I keep buying frozen ones from the store, and every time I just like, I eat them just like scowling, like I'll eat this, but it isn't as good as mine. <laughs> Like, all that money that you're investing in these subpar pierogies. I know. Going to fix well, I only buy them on sale. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dollar. I know what I'm getting into. Have you ever made a hand pie or, like, a pierogi that you didn't like? Um, I think I've made a hand pie that was, like, I think I tried to do some sort of, like, squash and ginger, maybe. And it mm-hmm. was just, like, the ginger wasn't right. There was either too much of it or... It wasn't good ginger or something. Ginger's it, hard. Yeah, it just kind of made it taste like it was moldy. 
Oh no. And so I was like, I know this is fine, but I feel like it's going to make me sick. <laughs> and so I just didn't eat very many of them. Yeah, it sucks when like you're like, this is gonna be great, and you make it, and then like something's off, and like you really don't want to finish eating yeah. it, and then you feel this guilt because you're yeah. like, oh, but I put the time and money into making this I know. thing. <laughs> Especially like that one was when I was a lot less financially secure, so it was like every food item counts, and you're like, oh, do I muscle through this and risk a hospital visit, or like, oh. do I just like cut my losses? <laughs> And uh, our friend Laura gave me a recipe for mm -hmm. homemade like garlic cheese bread, and I haven't tried it yet, and I really want to try that because oh, I haven't had like a really good garlic cheese bread in a long time, and I'm like, oh, this would probably be really good. Does it have like the garlic and the cheese in the dough when you bake it, or is it like on top? Um, I think it's mainly on top. I know that um like shallots, like you're not an onion fan. But I know that you've had shallots, and you said that you find shallots shallots acceptable mm -hmm. because they're. I feel like they're very very similar to garlic. Yeah. Like they're right. almost like a weird crossbreed between an onion and a garlic. Mm -hmm. They're also very pretty. Yes. They're like a nice pre a purple color. Mm -hmm. So if you're not someone who likes onion, you should try a shallot. I was thinking about this the the color thing the other day because I had, I had also made a vegetable soup opposed to the other vegetable soup that I made, and I put like half an onion in it, and I ate all of those onions and usually I pick onions out of things mm -hmm. and like that's fine you know whatever but like I ate all of the onions and then like literally the next day I had a stir fry that had onions in it and I picked out all the onions I couldn't eat them I just like couldn't bring myself to do it and I think it might be a color thing for me mm -hmm. because in the soup they kind of got dyed red with mm -hmm. like the soup color and that made them more appetizing to me but mm -hmm. in the stir fry they were basically just that like bland white yellow onion color yeah and like and like i like red onions and mm -hmm. those look way more appetizing to me and i think maybe they just look too boring for me to you yeah. know consider eating i'm like that's a napkin <laughs> yeah i really don't like a raw onion and it's like that weird crisp white and i don't like iceberg lettuce either and i, I think mm -hmm. it's like very similar like where it's like that very crisp crunchy almost entirely water iceberg lettuce crunch you know that i'm like no i, I don't want that yeah but i think that's why i don't like raw onion either but i love like a stir like i like a soft onion like i want an onion to be soft <laughs> see the softness i think is part of also what gets me yeah. is the color and the softness yeah i want i want a, i want an onion to like disintegrate in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> i want it to resist me yeah. <laughs> i love onion and garlic those are like like, it doesn't matter what you're cooking, but if you just have those cooking in a pan, like, your entire apartment will just smell amazing. Yep. Like, you could just, like, make a candle out of that. It would be so good. I think, um, Jess Fink was talking on Twitter the other day about, just make perfume that smells like garlic. <laughs> yes! Yes, please! Oh, man. You could just, like, take a garlic curl club and just kind of squish it in your hands and just, like, rub it on, like, your, your, your temples and stuff and on your wrists. Like... Whenever I peel garlic or I cut garlic and I get the smell on my hands, I purposely like wash it off real quick so I don't smell like garlic because I make myself hungry. <laughs> oh man. It does smell really good. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you some lightning round questions. Mm -hmm. I haven't decided what to call this segment. Like Matt had said you should call it the grill. Because you're just <laughs> grilling people about things, but the whole the whole podcast is food. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, fast food, that's so good. Oh man, okay. What is a food, or multiple foods, that you literally cannot live without? 
Like, you would just die. If a doctor told you tomorrow that you could never eat this food again, you'd be like, well, I guess I'll just die because I can't can't not eat this food. Uh, probably potatoes. Oh, potato. I love a potato. Uh, sugar? <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I've got a sweet tooth. That's, I don't know what the best vegetable is. What is the best vegetable? Maybe a carrot. Carrots and potatoes are pretty good too. You really like, like a you like a root veggie. I I really do. Like that's part of why I'm so excited about fall food is because like it's, it's very all root it's very root vegetable based and like I get excited just like I got like emotional the other day thinking about how it's amazing that like the foods like the the plants that like mature around this time happen to be things that like store really well over the winter like potatoes and hard squash and like carrots and i'm just like it's so perfect <laughs> <laughs> that is something to get emotional about i agree it's like it was like mother nature knows what she's doing yeah. it's like it was designed this way and yeah. it's probably actually designed so they stay in the ground and keep until the yeah. spring when they sprout again but like it's also beneficial specifically for me yeah okay so how about some foods that you wish were healthy but aren't, how great would it be if a chocolate milkshake was like, you know, eating a carrot? <laughs> Probably like cheesecake. Mm -hmm. um, potato chips. I'm a big potato chip person. Um, specifically, Cheers, which is my third thing that doesn't exist in Chicago that I'm very mad about. Those are like an Ohio brand of, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, they come in a beautiful red bag and they're so delicious. <laughs> they're like low salt and like they taste buttery mm. and they're like and they're not super crunchy they're um they're more like thick and soft kind of oh, just like, i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> they're they're like very they're a gentle chip <laughs> a gentle, i do like a gentle chip like there's been like this huge trend towards like kettle chips and yeah, I don't, those hurt my mouth i don't like a kettle chip yeah like they they're like really hard and like i get why people like them but they definitely like hurt my mouth like in terms of a, a potato chip like a ruffle versus like a classic versus like a kettle chip. <laughs> What's the best one? Um, well, my my favorite like you know middle of the road like I can't get cheers here, but this is what I'll take is the like low salt like classic lays. Mm -hmm. um, but like if it was a choice between like a higher salt classic lays and like a ruffle i would probably take the ruffle because they're they're just not as salty and i, I feel you're probably like, right you know like i i eat a, a regular class classic lays and it's just like they're so salty that it hurts my mouth oh yeah. see i love a classic lace it's probably like the only potato chip that i'm like i would definitely I that. ate a lot of them growing up, uh -huh. and I think um, I just like had a couple years break where I didn't eat them, and I just like lowered my salt tolerance. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. They are very salty. I think it's just I, lo I love salt. I love I, salt. I do so love much. salt most of the time, but it's just like they're just too much for me. Yeah, whenever <laughs> whenever Matt visits and I'm cooking something, I have to be really careful about how much salt I put in because I always put in too much for him. He's like, "This is so salty. Cool. What are you doing?" And I'm just like, "But." <laughs> not it's not salty enough <laughs> i want it to be more salty see i've started adding a little bit more salt to things i cook because generally i just like don't put salt in mm -hmm. and then i learned the thing about how like oh salt makes your food taste better because like it it like slightly like dehydrates it mm -hmm. and like makes the flavor stronger i'm like yeah. Salt does that. Yeah, salt <laughs> so that. like okay i'll put a pinch of salt in i won't taste it it'll be fine yeah. i just I think so many things are just made so much better by like 
bit of salt. It's like the difference between salted butter and unsalted butter. Like, which one do you want to put on your toast? You want to put the salted butter. See, I I never buy salted butter because like I most baking doesn't yeah, tend not to use and, it. Yeah, and like I do not have my life together enough to have two kinds of butter. <laughs> and it's like I have one... like I have like four kinds of flour, but apparently two kinds of butter is not acceptable. I have to me. two kinds of flour and two kinds of butter. So I don't know, middle middle ground I, there. I have definitely at least four kinds of flour. What are probably all uh let's see here. Bread flour, wheat flour, wheat flour um, all-purpose flour and then self-rising flour. Yeah, I have self-rising and all-purpose because, and then like if I need another one, I'll buy it. But I usually don't. Like I, I want to get more into baking things like breads and cakes and yeah. using cake flour and bread flour. But like I just am not there right now. Yeah. But when For I a do, while, I had the cake flour as well. But that was something I inherited from someone else. But, um, and I only keep self-rising around for biscuits. Like, I never use it for anything yeah, else. that's the same with me. It's the only thing. Like, my mom always, always had self-rising in the house. And they would be in, like, identical containers. And, like, you would, you would like, take your finger and you'd, like, take a little bit of flour. And if it tasted sour, that was the self-rising because oh. it had the rising agents in it. It had, like, baking powder and baking soda in it. And if it didn't taste like anything, then that was the all-purpose. Uh, you just had to, you always had to taste them because you could never tell them apart. We didn't label them for some reason. <laughs> just like, oh, I'll just taste it every time. It's fine. <laughs> Good to know if yeah. I ever have a mix-up. Yep. Also, like, I've been noticing, um, I was using some self-rising flour for biscuits lately, and they just, like, were not coming out right. Mm. And I think it's just because the, you know how when you buy baking soda, they're like, only keep it for this many months, or it'll, like, go bad. It doesn't really go bad, but it won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was I was thinking, like, oh, I bet that applies to self-rising flour, too, and it's probably the rising agents in my flour just aren't good anymore. And I, like, swapped out for a new bag, and lo and behold, it was oh. perfect. So well, it was literally just that the rising agents in my self-rising flour better hurry up and make a bunch of biscuits because my my self-rising flour is like mm, getting there yeah getting a little old my mom had sent me two bags of white lily self-rising flour from the south and she had put she had put them in plastic bags and she like taped them shut so they were like vacuum sealed and so that's the one i just opened and i've had it for a while but like flour doesn't like it, it's, it's it's perfectly fine yeah. it's just like it was like completely sealed off from outside air so it was like perfect when i opened it yes. and i was like good Awesome. Now I can make delicious, wonderful, fluffy biscuits. Because they were coming out like hockey pucks. And I'm like, why aren't these rising? <laughs> so you got potato chips and what cheesecake. Was the other cheesecake. Yeah. Oh, what oh, kind of cheesecake ice cream. though? Oh, ice cream. Yeah, I eat a lot of ice cream. Um, cheesecake wise, I don't think I've ever had a cheesecake I didn't like. Um, I really liked that one your mom made, which was the German, German chocolate, chocolate one. That's my go to. Um, That's the one I always. I ask for that like every year for my birthday. I'm like, this one. This one, please. I like. Any cheesecake that has like white chocolate and a fruit, mm. um, like a raspberry. Mm-hmm. I also wish tiramisu was healthy because that's my favorite kind of like cake sort of thing. That's so interesting to me. Like every time that comes up, because like you are not an alcohol person, but tiramisu is usually like full of alcohol. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, the one tiramisu that I've had that I didn't like was like incredibly boozy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like, like if it's too boozy, it's not good. Yeah. Like, I've had some very boozy tiramisu. There was one that I had in college that was like super boozy, and I like literally, like, I hadn't been drinking, and I had like a slice of this tiramisu, and I like swear to God, I got drunk. It's coffee in it too, right? Mm hmm. It's, I think it's like, uh, like coffee liqueur and then just like espresso or something. Yeah. Um, Are you big on coffee? Are you a big coffee fan? I like how it tastes. Um, it is a toss-up. How it will affect me. <laughs> Sometimes it's a danger. Yeah. But 
because I know a lot of people who say that about coffee, but they'll drink like tea. And I have like the opposite thing where coffee for me set, settles really well. But if I have coffee in the morning and then later on I have like a green tea or something, it will mess me right up. It makes <laughs> me like really jumpy. And I don't know why that is. Uh, I used to drink a lot of sweet tea back home too because, uh, you know, southern sweet tea, always black tea. Yeah, because I purposely, if, if I need a little bit of a, a I'll drink some, some chai or something. What is your favorite tea? I generally go for the the, the black ones. Um, I do also really, really like, though, um, a like a lemon ginger mm-hmm. tea. Specifically, I like making iced tea out of that, mm-hmm. which is not a traditional sort of thing to make iced tea out of, but like... It's really it's it tastes basically like a ginger lemonade. I was gonna say it's, like, uh, it's really spicy. Yeah, like a yeah, I like a lemongrass too, like a lemongrass and a ginger and a lemon. And yeah, so maybe some mint, maybe a little bit of mint. Mm-hmm. It's good. All right, what is a food that you want to eat more of? Maybe this winter, something <laughs> that maybe you haven't appreciated up to this point, but you'd like to have more of. Um, I specifically have on my list of foods to make to keep myself from being sad about it being cold um, that I want to try making chicken pot pie, mm-hmm. which is a thing that I learned to like through you because I thought I hated it. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> one fell swoop, biscuits and, and chicken pot pie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I'll use up my self-rising flour and, mm-hmm. and make some of that. Nice. Um, I love the chicken pot pie. Mm-hmm. I've, the only version that I've made before was I had this recipe for like making little tiny ones in like a muffin tin with like wonton wrappers. Oh, um, interesting. Which is pretty good, but like you need more bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like a, you don't want like a dumpling top even. Like a, literally just put biscuits on the top of it. Yeah. The roux sauce for the, mm-hmm. for the chicken pot pie getting all up in the biscuit. Yeah. yeah. What are your three favorite dishes? Which is no very, very broad, broad <laughs> question. Um, I think Heaven and Earth has to be on there, which is a sort of family recipe. Um, it, by which I mean my mom found it in some cookbook and she made it a lot when we were kids. But it's heaven and earth because it's apples and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And um, they're just like sliced and it's kind of a casserole maybe, but like they're just like in a dish with like butter and salt and pepper and poppy seeds roasted in the oven and they get all soft and like a little bit creamy and if you remember at the end, which I never do, put a little bit of parsley on top. Um, and it's just like hearty and warm and not good for you and it's wonderful. <laughs> and it's got like the little bit of sweetness from the apples and like the earthiness from the potatoes. It's so nice. I love, I love to take something that's healthy and making it unhealthy the way it's prepared. <laughs> you know, you know, this, this beautiful green apple, let's slather it in butter. <laughs> this is the best way to do it. So that's one. Let's see here. Was it meals or foods? Uh, dishes. dishes. It can be foods also. If it's a single ingredient, that is also acceptable. <laughs> soup. <laughs> <laughs> I really like soup. I really like... There's so many things you can do with soup. Yeah. I really am excited about like pocket pie things. They're such a convenient little mechanism. Plus you get like pie crust, mm-hmm. which is like... Oh, I just love pie, but I also especially love a pocket pie because it's like it's like the crust, but there's like way more of it. And it's you know, double the crust. It's double the crust of a normal <laughs> pie, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, I don't, that was another thing that like as a child I would just eat the center out of the pie and not eat the pie crust, 
And I'm just like looking back on myself like, you fool. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I think because it's so dry. Yeah. It's nice when like, if you put ice cream on it, that part's perfect though. Because I feel like the ice cream with that really dry outer part of the pie is like... See, now as an adult, I like, I really like the dryness. Mm-hmm. Like when... Like, I, I really like the crimped part of the pie, where it's, like, really dry and almost burns sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it's, like, a biscuit, kind of. Like yes. a, not, like, a your kind of biscuit, but, like, a like a cracker kind yeah, of biscuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have a pie that we're going to eat after this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to so eat that crust. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's your favorite restaurant? Um, I don't think I have one in Chicago yet. I was thinking about this the other day, that I just, like, haven't gone to a lot of restaurants here. I'm not sure I have one overall, but the one that I've been thinking about a lot lately um, is uh, Tiger Bakery in Toledo, which is not even really a proper restaurant. I mean, I guess you could, like, you can eat there. They have, like, lunch specials and stuff, but it's mostly, like, kind of a deli almost, but, like, Eastern European, mm-hmm. um, so they have like grape leaves and like little bread things and rice dishes. <laughs> if Eric Cooper listens to this, he'll be yelling because he also loves the Tiger Bakery, <laughs> <laughs> specifically the spinach rice. I oh, shed a tear. It's like I don't know how they do it. It's like it's the perfect rice. It's got like the the rice and spinach and like tomato and it all gets like soft and mixed together and like um it's they probably put a bunch of like other like herbs and spices and salt and all this you know stuff in there but i don't know how they do it i can't like pick it apart and it's just like it's it's perfect (laughs) Uh, the last time i was there was a couple of years ago i think and i just like i knew i wasn't going to come back for a while and so I just got like a huge tub of spinach rice and just ate it. Oh. <laughs> I haven't been back since. Oh man, that does sound really good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have a recipe for it online somewhere. Not them specifically, but some kind I, of I keep version. thinking about like trying to find that because I'm like, I'm sure there's an approximation or like a different version or something, but I'm like, I'm almost afraid to make it because I'm like, I know it won't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> like why, why should I even bother? <laughs> But, like, that's also definitely how I learned to cook, is, like, yeah. I had this thing in a restaurant, let's try to replicate it. Yeah. And, like, so I shouldn't I shouldn't be afraid of that. Like, I definitely recommend people not be afraid of doing that, so don't do what I do. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with me, like, cooking was a lot of, like, I really want this thing, but I'm not going to allow myself to buy it. I have to make it if I'm going to eat it, because yep. at least then, like, I have to put in the effort, you know? And yeah. also, like, I can share it with people. It was, it was kind of like, I'm only allowed to eat this thing that's bad for me if I if I put in the extra effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how I learned to make most things. That's mm-hmm. why I always was more of a baker, because I was like, I'm constantly making brownies, because <laughs> like, <laughs> I want brownies really bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, uh, we talked about favorite childhood foods, but is there any other ones that you'd like to mention? I'm trying to think if there's like... Especially like ones. garbage childhood foods. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. It's like... Like the Kraft single, things like that. <laughs> Cold hot dogs. <laughs> I did eat a lot of craft singles. <laughs> um, I this is one that holds true today. I really loved and continue to love the Dinty Moore beef stew. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know if I've had it. I know the one you're it's, talking about. Yeah, it's like, it's really bad. I'm sure it's just like all salt all the way through and just like the fakest of meats. But like, I really love the fake meat and like 
my main pickiness thing as a child and pretty much still is that I'm very, very picky about meat. Yeah. And will just like completely dissect a piece of meat to be like only the acceptable parts. <laughs> and I love that shitty meat. I don't know what it's like it's so soft. Yeah. And like I totally, totally understand what you're talking about. Like I love like um Hormel chili. And, like, the shitty meat in that hormone chili can. It's probably basically the exact same yep. kind of quality. It's like a weird meatball kind of. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, like, it's almost the same kind of meat if you ever had, um, I'm not sure they even do this anymore, but the spaghetti sauce that had the mini meatballs Yes. In, it's, like, basically, like, that bigger. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, I love yep. that shitty meat. <laughs> I have this really specific memory of being a very small child and, like, having, like, a little bit of an idea of like empathy for other humans' feelings, and so like not wanting to like hurt my mother's feelings, but like also ha still having that like child, like I'm just going to say this thing because I want to talk mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I was telling her how, well, I like how your homemade beef stew smells better, but I like how the canned beef stew tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying my best to be diplomatic, but I should have just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, for some reason reminds me of another f funny childhood favorite story. So, my parents have this story about how uh, my dad was, like, home alone with the two of us, and, um, like, we got thirsty or something, so he gave us some water, and we were like, this is really good water. Can we have more water? Can we have more of this water? And my mom came home and he's just like, the kids are going nuts over this water. And she's like, that's the hummingbird food. That's the sugar water. <laughs> You've been feeding our children hummingbird food. Of course they love it. Oh my god. Was it like in the fridge? Yeah. Yeah, because oh. she, would, she would just like boil sugar and water together and it was basically like simple syrup yeah and like just put it in like a plastic like jug Aww. in the fridge to keep it fresh <laughs> he was just like well it's water oh so. my god that's amazing i can't believe he didn't pour his own glass because he's like what is this miracle water that my children are obsessed with that's so good Oh my god, how, oh, I want to know how much you drank. <laughs> Another shitty thing that I drank a lot as a child was my dad's coffee creamer. I would just go in and take a swig. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, my dad always drank his black, but I used to love, when, I think it was like middle school I started doing this, because my dad would have two cups, one cup of coffee or two cups of coffee in the morning, but there would always be like a cold, he'd like leave his coffee cup by the coffee maker, and it would be sitting there all day, and it would get cold, and I used to love like coming home after school before my parents got home and like getting a bowl of chocolate ice cream and then dumping the leftover cold coffee oh. on top of it. Like I was into that. It that was, sounds really good. It was I'm really saying. good. Yeah. Because I wasn't allowed to have coffee or like, I think it was at the stage of my life where my parents were like, technically we can't stop you from drinking coffee, but we would really prefer if you waited until you're like an adult to drink. I don't know. They were, yeah. they were weird. Um, but so like, that would be like the one time I had coffee and it would like keep me completely wired after school. <laughs> This is chocolate ice cream and coffee mixture. Uh, it was. I mean, I think that's an actual thing, though. Like, I, I'm pretty sure. I love coffee an, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. That's, that and pumpkin ice cream. I've been thinking about pumpkin making ice cream. Have you had pumpkin ice cream? I don't think I've cream? had pumpkin ice cream. Well, I'm definitely gonna make some this fall because I was like, 
oh, well, the downside of like getting into fall foods is I have to put away the ice cream maker. Wait! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so. you just have to put it with like warm pie or yeah. something. You just have to have it with some, like, oh man, I bet if you did like hot apple cider with like some kind of homemade ice cream in that, that would like be really Like a caramel good. or something? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you have like a favorite childhood memory besides eating lots of hummingbird food? <laughs> Um, childhood food memory um there's a lot of just like cooking with my mom Mm -hmm. um like she definitely like got me started involved in cooking very early and i think that was very beneficial she also has a funny story about like baking something with me and she turned away for a minute and came back and i was just throwing the flour (laughs) in the air and said fairy dust She's like, oh, it was very beautiful. It did look like fairy dust. <laughs> She's very kind about it. I'm sure Aww. I made a mess. <laughs> I mean, there's worse things you could yeah, throw like, around, I guess. Was, she was very, like, permissive and encouraging for me cooking as a child. Aww, and that's so I think good. that was very good because I wasn't intimidated by it later. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely had friends in college who were like, how do I cut up a vegetable? And I'm like, um, <laughs> I've been doing this, I've been growing my own vegetables since I was six. How are you alive? <laughs> but, yeah. like, I think their experience is probably much more the average than mine. Yeah, definitely. If that's unfortunate, and that's something I campaign a lot for in my personal day-to-day. Yeah. Like, teach your children how to cook. Even if it's just basic stuff, like, make how to make chili or mm-hmm. something especially like oh if it's like at least at least teach them a slow cooker recipe yeah like let them let them live or live let them leave you with at least a couple yeah, just of like recipes. you know just a basic like here's how you boil a thing and not ruin mm-hmm. it here's how you chop up a thing and not cut mm-hmm. yourself or you know okay you cut yourself a couple times but you're you're fine mm-hmm. like and here's how you fry a thing in a pan and don't yep. burn it to heck the flames were coming <laughs> they were almost done and what is something that you would like to try to make that you've never made before? You've made everything. <laughs> I'm sure everything there is. there's a lot of things. Oh, I did, um, I bought lately some, uh, some, like, fish fry mix. Oh. Which I technically haven't done before. Cool. Um, like, for making, like, fish and chips. Oh, that's because awesome. Because I've, I've only ever had that in a restaurant before, and I really like it. Yeah. And I've got some frozen fish, and I'm like, well, might I as made, well. <laughs> I made my first frozen, not frozen fish, I made my first fried fish, like, over the summer. And it was like, I was, like, super nervous to do it. And I did it, and it was delicious. And mm-hmm. I'm not even a fish person, but something about frying it is like, yeah, this is, yeah. This is good. Fried fish are good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you. I'm sure it will be delicious. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you'd like to give a shout out to before we before we go? What's your website? Stuff like that. What's your Twitter <laughs> handle? Oh, um, I'm Jesse Zaborski on Twitter, which is hard to spell. Um, basically, if you just Google like Hugbox, I think mm-hmm. that'll take you to pretty much anything that I'm on, and also like the Wikipedia page for Hugboxes, which is interesting, and you should read it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've read it. <laughs> I, I think you would know. I think you would be really into it, honestly. Uh, I'll have to go take a look at that. Did you decide on the username before or after you knew about? After I specifically okay, I'll tell you about hug boxes because I'm into them. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, basically, hug boxes are they're like a psychotherapy machine, mm-hmm. like a very very simple one. That it's it's basically a a thing that squeezes you. Um, if you're a person who is uncomfortable being touched by other people and you have like anxiety or like 
and uh, you know another kind of disorder where you need that sort of comfort mm-hmm. of being like that pressure um, but you can't actually touch people mm-hmm. and so that's what it's for and I thought that was wonderful that that exists and is a thing and it's called a hug box <laughs> <laughs> so and like that's uh, like I have the tagline on my tumblr comics and cartoons to make you feel alright mm-hmm. and like that's very much what I want to put out into the world is like I can't touch you but like I want to help you and make Aww. you feel better <laughs> Oh, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> That's oh, me. Google yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Zabarski, uh, Hugbox. At, it's at Jesse Zabarski. But I, I literally found you by just searching Hugbox. Yeah, so I, yeah, you, that'll it, be that's easier. all you need to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it sound, it's spelled the way it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for coming on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. Yes, let's yes. go eat some, yes. some apple pie now. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening to Amuse Bouge Podcast. The podcast is recorded and edited by me, Lauren Jordan. The intro music is by Christine Tuna. You can follow her on Twitter at Christine Tuna, Christine with a K, Tuna like the fish, or visit her website at ChristineTuna.com. Tuna is spelled T-H-U-N-E.com. The outro music is by Chris Smith, who creates music as Luno. You can follow him on Twitter at Lunoland or listen to his music at LunoMusic.com. And happy eating! <laughs>